Is early entry worth it for Super Nintendo World? Let's discuss. Welcome to Princess and Scoundrel, where we take you along our scrappily ever after, from Fantasyland to Tatooine and everything in between. I'm Sarah. And I'm Steven. And we are finally back at full strength. It mostly. It, yeah, we feel it feels back to normal. It right? does. Yeah. And, and now that we're feeling back to normal, we're trying to get back onto the normal schedule, you know, traveling and all yeah. that. So kind of threw us off. But I think now we are just kind of uh, everything's back to normal. Yeah. My voice is like 98% back because we were singing earlier. Well, we did it to ourselves. So no one to blame but us. <laughs> <laughs> but so in our recent travels, we got to go to Super Nintendo World for the very first time. Yeah, it was it was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. And we, every time we go on trips, we are like, this is the one. We are going to vlog. It's so, going to be amazing. I, I'm going to take the different mindset. Okay. I am going to take the mindset of we are evolving. We are oh. learning. We're trying new things. So I think this is our attempt at a new thing. Because the other thing is, like, we are a podcast. We're a video podcast. So how do we make the videos more interesting is to try to include, interject these videos of our firsthand reactions of our trips, of trying these different things, trying these new things. Right. Uh, and then we could still just comment on it. Uh, so you know, I think that's something we're going to try. I like that spin on it. Yeah. We went in that morning just kind of like, let's, Let's take videos and let's document what we're doing. And then when we went back and watched the footage later, we were like, this is like five minutes. <laughs> well, I think it's because, again, and, and this is the hard part. This is where like the, the you know, the Peters of the world are just professionals at it. Or it's just like constant. Peter from Ordinary Adventures. Yeah. yeah. It's just being able to like stay focused and get the shot. Whereas like we see something interesting and like, ooh, squirrel, let's go. And that happened so much <laughs> on this adventure, if you will. So what we're going to do, this is it's going to be a different episode. We're talking about our experience going to Super Nintendo World for the first time and using early entry. But we did take that video. So we're going to cut in video from us talking while we're in the land and then just some in-between discussion to yeah. try to like round out our explanation of, of what we accomplished. Yeah, so if you are listening to it, listening to us, on just podcast, uh, it still makes sense, you know, what we're talking about. Uh, but you could also see some of these visuals right. uh, on our YouTube channel. Yeah. So let's get into it. This is our first time at Universal Hollywood. Very interesting because you go through like the city walk or what is it? You go through part of city walk and then you go through security. And then you go through a little bit more of City Walk. Okay, so this is more City Walk. No, no, we're in the park now. Okay. okay. This is the park. It's cute. Yeah. It's super cute so far. For, like first impressions, like literally just back there is the entrance. You, you could tell there's the madness because of Nintendo World. Oh, yeah, there's, there's like, a crowd up here. A lot of people. Okay, so we did go with Dano yep. to Universal Hollywood. He had been before, so he was kind of able to guide us. But one of the things that we intentionally did is we stayed in Burbank the night before. Again, this is where the the pre-planner, you, 
I'm point. I'm pointing <laughs> for people that can't see. I'm pointing at Sarah. Just trying to ha- like setting us up for the most time in Super Nintendo World. Right. Um, so we stayed in Burbank, and we were able to get there at I believe it was six thirty is when they started letting us in. Right. So and we purchased early entry. Yeah. So that's the important thing. The park officially opened at eight a.m. that day. We spent. I want to say it was twenty five dollars a person. Like it's not that much to get in an hour before the official park opening. So we were able to get into the park at seven, but we got there at 6.30 so that we could be some of the first ones in the land. Well, and I think that's the thing is like the timing of it, they let you, they start letting you through the security gates at 6.30. Yeah. And it's almost, they hold you at different points. And this was our very first time at Universal Hollywood as well. So we're trying to absorb I, I'm I'm trying to relate it to Universal uh, East Orlando Orlando, where they've got the City Walk, they've got Island of Adventures, they've got the Universal. Like, so I'm trying to like piece it together. Like, okay, where are we at? And they have like City Walk that is directly into the park, and then you you get held at another little point, and you see Springfield. Like, there there was they were stopping you at certain points, and the how. It's weird because like Orlando, it's spread out. So you're walking for a distance. This, you're going down elevators and you're going down escalators, escalators, escalators after escalator. Uh, Really long, kind of scary ones. I think by the time we got to Super Nintendo World, because that's where everybody was going for that early entry, it was almost seven o'clock by the time we got down there. Right. And they held us a little bit. So we looked at the timestamps and we got into Super Nintendo World at 6.52. So even before 7 a.m. Yeah. Uh, which, that's not bad. No. Look, not, we got an early start on it. So this is where we tried to take a some B-roll. We were trying to, you know, again, we were going with that vlog feel, but because everybody at that point is trying to get into Super Nintendo World, there's not really, like, you're going with the crowd. You gotta go. And everybody's going in. So, um... There, there's picture opportunities, but you can't, you can, I, I think that's the big thing is like, you can, if you're going that early, you definitely have to prioritize what you're trying to do. Yep. Uh, even though we went in there kind of, again, planned like, okay, we're going to do this. These are the things we want to accomplish before we leave. There was still that bit of it's new to us. So you want, you almost want to stop and look and we couldn't stop and look. Right. Um, we did. So like there is the, when you're first entering the land and you hear the music and before you go in the warp pipe, they have two little warp pipes off to the side with the sign to take pictures. And there was a crowd there. We're like, nah, keep going. Yeah. But you and I did take pictures in the big warp pipe with the lights. Yes. Cause there was no line and we were just like, Dan, oh, snap our picture. Yeah. And then we went into the land and, and got going. Yeah. And, and I think that's the thing is like, it opens up to the world. And if, one of your main priorities is to take pictures. I think that is the best time to take pictures because that's when the that area, that land is the most empty. Yeah. Because um and, and there was a there was a couple like shots I was able to get just because th- there there are people trying to figure out where they're going. And I think a lot of people were going towards the ride. Mm-hmm. And, and again, because we were novices, we were trying to figure out, okay, like just get our bearings. Right. Uh, so we were snapping pictures. And I think one of the first things we did was go get the power-up bands. 
we go get the power up bands and it was neat because they have a gift shop in the land, but they also have these kiosks off to the side where it's just like a big vending machine and you get to pick which style or which character you want the power up band to be because that links you to a team and then everybody on that team kind of like competes for the day, I guess. We didn't get into that too, too much, but very convenient that you can just go up, pick your bands, and then it just dispenses it out for you. Yeah. I. It's funny because you mentioned they were $40 and that was the biggest like, oh crap. Like on top of going there, on top of the ticket, you have to get this. And I know there's... Uh, some people that are not happy about magic bands, but at least with the magic band, you know, <laughs> at least with the magic band, you could use it to, you know, pay for food, open your hotel room door, use it as a ticket, at least in Orlando. I know they're starting to do that in yeah. Disneyland, yeah. but it's multi-purpose. Whereas like the power up band is only for Nintendo world. You can use it as you, uh, getting a, an amiibo, character on your nintendo switch if you have that yeah but it's very limited and super limited and, I think and, and it, to me it's it's big whereas like a magic man it's kind of you know discreet you know you could if you wanted to wear it somewhere else for whatever reason you can but a power band is not discreet at no, all it was not it wasn't very comfortable to me but i think that we could have an entire discussion on like the power of bands and magic band alone um, so let's table that for a little bit. But yeah, so we were able to get our our bands. And then like truly, if you want to interact with the land at all, you have to have it. And you have to have it per person. Yeah. So you have to have a Universal Hollywood account and an app so that you can basically like see your points and see your progression with the land. The, the game kind of reminds me of like the bounty hunting game. Like you need individual... Um, accounts yeah. to, to track it the the other part of it is connecting the band though to the app was incredibly easy that that was like by f so 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 much easier than than yeah. magic band uh, that was wonderful and then shout out to dano for the pro tip he went and got us these little like band buddies but they have them in the gift shop i think they're free and it's just like first come first serve yeah. but there were issues when the land first opened of the bands just like falling off because yeah. they're like a slap bracelet. And so these actually help keep the band on you. And they'll even tell you at certain points, like take your band off and just hold it. I will, and I think that's the, that's the weird thing on it is it's, it's all together. Whereas like, again, this is where it's a bigger conversation between the magic band and, and power up. Yeah. Um, but there's points where you do have to take it off to just hold it because it'll fling off and it's just come it gets it becomes cumbersome throughout the you know the day one of the things i really liked about super nintendo world though the theming like when you first walk in it's really really well done yes and universal studios hollywood does not have a large footprint and they have to be very very smart with the space that they have so it is a small land and they built the walls of the land up, if you will. So it kind of blocks you from the outside world. You see a stray building here and there. So like you're not fully immersed in it, but they did a really good job. Yeah. And for being so small, it doesn't feel that way because there were a lot of 
things moving throughout the land. Yeah, because a lot of the cues are outside because there's the games and a lot of the cues are just outside. So you're constantly looking at different things, some different corner of or different angle of the land. So it, it's always changing and it's there's I think the thing that I liked about it was it was very vivid. It felt like a video game. Uh, you know, it, it was very vivid, like all the colors were very bright and it felt like you were in this game world. Right. Uh, but I would say that it didn't feel, I, I don't know how to explain or like how to describe the the feeling of it. You were visiting a place that had a lot of theming of Nintendo things, whereas like a Galaxy's Edge where you're immersed in this world and you're just in a part of this world type, like yeah, it, it's it feels like a toy, uh, toy Story Land, right? Not like a Galaxy's Edge, right? Like Toy Story Land does a good job of you're shrunk down to the size of a toy, so everything's larger. But like in reality, you're still in Super Nintendo World, like you're in a video game, and there's not humans yeah. in video games, so there's you don't feel like super super immersed, but like you said, it was very vibrant. It was very beautiful. There's just tons of things to look at. And I think that's what I want to do next time we go is just like sit and look at things. Yeah. There was so much to see that I feel like we didn't even like catch everything. Yeah. So if we did, if you guys have been to Super Nintendo World and there are things that we missed throughout this, please let us know because we want to go back. <laughs> While we were waiting, setting up our bands and just kind of taking it all in, that's also when... The Super Mario Brothers came out. It was our first squirrel yeah. of the morning. <laughs> <laughs> and it was, again, it was very much, we were just standing there trying to like game plan of what we were doing and they come out. And, and they came out right at seven. Yeah. So like we had already gotten our bands, got them connected and everything within like 10 minutes of being in the land. Super fast. Yeah. But yeah, we saw them and we were like, <gasps> and the line was just starting to form. So Let's just, we got to meet the brothers. Yeah. Like this is their land. And I mean, we hardly waited at all. They were super fun to interact with. Well, it, it's, it's one of those, it's, it's weird to interact because you're, there's a delay of when they're like seeing you and doing something. Uh, I think that's always the weird, like when you're talking to masked characters, like, are they going to respond as quickly to me as I am trying to, you know, respond to them. Uh, I think that's the the limitations of having all that stuff on. Yeah. And then there's two of them too. Yeah. So it's like, which one am I talking to? <laughs> like, it's always like awkward meeting characters, but they were fun. It was fun to meet yeah, them. Yeah, it, it was cool. They're it was like, cool to be up close to them. Yeah. After we met the brothers, then we we're like, okay, we actually want to like do things. Yeah. So one of the big things to do in the land is these, I guess they're called mini games where you collect keys so you have to do this mini game and then once you are successful at it and you have to be successful at it you collect a key and it goes on your power band power up band and you're collecting keys for a for a reason yeah um to go play this other game and i and i think that's the that's the uh, hard part of it's for the bowser jr game yeah you know they're all leading up to this final type of game. So it's very video game like. Like in the in the land it feels like a video game. So you have this mini game of 
I think the first one we did was the the block. The block where you have to time it just right to like hit the block and then the shell goes in the warp pipe and it does like a whole sequence. Yeah, you have it, to so time you, it. you hit it, you hit the pow and it kind of gets the next pow, the next pow, and then hits the turtle. Oh, that's what it was. Uh, and so you just have to time it with, with it uh, bouncing back and forth. So it was really cool to see from afar of somebody like uh, hitting it, but just trying to time it was the, the tricky part, especially when you're up close and in there. Yeah. We just did the block game, which was, it was cool. But what we found out is it gets harder after. So there's three levels of difficulty. So that's kind of cool. Cause it, that repeatability about it is super cool. Oh, it is out. Oh my God. <gasps> Our second squirrel appears. <laughs> I lost like every bit of cool that I've ever had in my body <laughs> as soon as I saw Toad because it's he is smaller than you would think. And he just has this like little like wiggle waddle that he does. And it was just the I was not expecting it. I was not <laughs> expecting him to walk out when he did. And you can see it in the video or hear it. Like I just like I saw him. I was like, I don't I don't need to do anything else like for the rest of my life. I just want to like <laughs> look at him. It was the cutest thing. And so we go like thankfully we were already walking that direction. Yeah. We go get in his line. And as we're getting in line for him. We start learning a little bit more about how the land works and how the lines work yeah. in the land. So we beeline over there and I think a few people behind us, they like cut the line. Yeah. So I think that was something that we learned afterwards too, is most of the characters have a line and they have a line built for them. Like a space. A space built for it, but they'll still cut it off so that the lines don't get too long. Right. With Toad, I don't think they had anticipated Toad being there. Right. And so they didn't really have a queue built because the queue is like pretty much the entrance of Super Nintendo World. Yeah. And so the queue is very short. They keep it like super tight. Now, I don't know if, again, I, we didn't pay attention to it or I didn't pay attention to it. I don't know if they open it up to a certain, you know, a certain number, but they just close it. But they did for us or you know there's a couple of people behind us that they cut off and said that you know they're going to open it up in a little bit yeah i think they let it like die down a little bit and then they let a few more people in but i think there's a still a point where they say okay no more for the day yeah because we watched princess peach's line get cut off also but hers they made people started making a line before she even got there yeah it was like probably 15 20 minutes before she even came out because they have these signs posted at the character meet and greet so there's the super mario brothers there's Princess Peach and then there's Toad. And so they have a little sign that says when they're going to meet next. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, Princess or Princess Peach's line filled up super early and they cut it and we're like, um, we're, we're, we got mini we got, games. We today. got Toad. We're good. <laughs> <laughs> so we go meet Toad and like, oh my God, it's just a little wiggle. Like I can't get over how cute it's super it was. funny to see. <laughs> And so we go up and we meet him and it's weird because the, the character is probably five feet tall, right? Like not, well, and, and so we're this taller is, than the character. Yeah, yeah. And this is the other part is like with like a Disney meet and greet, they're typically 
behind a door, you're, it's closed off, you know, one-on-one type of situation. It's a little more controlled. Yeah. It's a lot more controlled. Yeah. Uh, And with this, which I like because the characters are just out there. So you could, you don't have to go wait in line to take a picture of them. You could see them, but you, they kind of freak out. Like if you go behind them, behind toads, behind the toad or touch the top of, you know, touch toads head, you know, their little mushroom head, mushroom, whatever the hat, uh, whatever they, it is. You know, the, they, uh, the cast, uh, kind of freaks out. Yeah. Uh, but it's weird because like, Again, there's, there's like, like everybody, no room. Yeah, there's there's nothing there to like really kind of tell you what to do. Uh, but that was something that we had to figure out like, okay, don't touch his head. Don't go around him. Like, you know. Yeah. Uh, but it was super cool to see Toad. So. so we go meet Toad and I'm like, I've, I lost it. I was like, oh my God, it was the cutest thing. And I'm like, do I get down on his level? And so I kneel down and I'm just like, oh my God, you're the most precious thing. Like I wanted to take him home and I'm sitting there and I'm talking to his sweet little angel face. And then we take our pictures and we both like took a knee to take the picture. Cause we're like, well, it was just weird. Yeah. Right? Cause his head's like real big too. <laughs> this is so embarrassing. <laughs> <laughs> so it was the cutest thing I have experienced this year. My life was complete in that moment. I rode that high almost all day long. And then (laughs) that evening we're driving to San Diego. I don't know if it was something you said or something I said, but it was just like blood drained from my body when I realized that (laughs) whoever was wearing that costume was a full-size adult person. (laughs) (laughs) And so... I was just talking to that person's crotch and being like, you're the cutest thing in the world. I love you so much. (laughs) It was, I was just like mortified when I realized it. I was like, oh my gosh, like it has to happen all the time. But like the fact that I went from like the highest of highs, (laughs) oh man, it was, I think that's what was so funny about it is I was so excited to meet Toad and I got down on his level and I didn't think about it in the moment. And then afterwards, I'm I don't like, think anyone does. I think nobody it's just does. Like you're talking to Toad, you're in the moment. And then it's again, afterwards, you're like, wait a minute, how does a person fit in there? Yeah. And once I realized that, that like I was like, oh, very much crotch level. So I just, I was fawning over this person's <laughs> crotch. <laughs> Would do it again though. Yeah. Okay, so one thing to note, though, is after we met Toad, it was only 7.12 in the morning. So the park has barely been open, and we're able to get our power-up bands. We met the brothers, we met Toad, and we did a mini game. Yeah, like, and, and I think the thing is, is, like, again, we were kind of scatterbrained. We were going kind of jumping from different things because if we were trying to do specific things, we could have done that. Right. Uh, I think... The, one of the tips that we had gotten was don't do the ride immediately because that's where everybody's going immediately. Yeah. So they said, do the mini games. And I think it was, that was like a great tip because you're able to, because you need the keys from these mini games later on, you're able to get right in line, you know, the first person in that mini game line. Right. And, uh, I think the first one we did, 
was the block game. And then the second one we did was this Goomba. Uh, you're like twisting the, the like land. Doing a crank. Yeah, doing a crank. Yeah. And then after that, we went and the third key we got was the Piranha, the, the Sleepy Piranha game. Oh, the alarm clock. Yeah. But one thing to note on that crank game is Dano was with us and he's done all of the games before. And so for him, that was a lot harder for him to do than it was for us. Yeah. Which, which is really cool because there's a lot of replayability to these games. And I think there's like three difficulties for it. So, so once you got to that third difficulty, then, uh, you know, you're t- I think you're it wouldn't out. be fun anymore because it got like really <laughs> difficult. Yeah. Well, and talking about the sleepy one, uh, each of them, they're, the, the, the block one and that turning one are individual games. Yeah. The sleepy one and the wall were you could play as a group. And I would highly recommend it as because we did it as a three of us, but there's 12 alarm clocks and you got to hit them like, uh, like a gopher game. They're big alarm clocks. They're yeah. probably like two feet wide each and they're spread out over this whole area. And so we're like, there's three of us, there's 12 of them, four alarm clocks each. But the way they're situated in this little area. It's not just four, like right next to each other. No. You have to kind of like, you're, you, you're moving. You're yeah. moving. So. I was uh, like, I don't feel like anybody else in front of us in line moved as much as we did. Cause I was like, <laughs> I was bouncing. We don't have any video of, of that one or of the wall game. Cause like you have to be like, it's a team effort. Yeah, and then the wall game is um, basically tiles. So you're turning it and it kind of has an arrow that. If but they were the, screens. So yeah. you're just like touching them. So, but, but each of those, once you accomplish, you know, beat it, then you get to, uh, to get the key from those. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I think. Doing the mini games before the ride is a good tip, but even doing that Pete game, the, the Piranha game, do that before any of the other ones because that one I think tends to get longer because again we did it as Wait, a group. Which Pete game? The, the, the Piranha. Oh, the, the okay, the alarm clock. The, the alarm clock game. See, I missed the theming on that though because where I was in it was like right just when you first clocks. get in, so I didn't even go all the way into it. Yeah. So I just had I didn't know what we were doing. Yeah, so you're <laughs> you're trying to smash the alarm clocks or keep the alarm clocks off so you don't wake oh. up. Oh, run a Pete. Okay, I was just like, okay, alarm clocks, sure. <laughs> Start pounding. <laughs> uh, but I would say do that one because if a group of four or five people and they only do one per turn, like the game is the game. Yeah, and however long that game is like if they just do one person it's going to take a little while right. and then they bring the next person so when we we went and did it knocked it out the three of us and we're able to beat it yeah. it's a lot easier so right. uh I, I would definitely recommend doing that as a group and then again the wall one that one's a fun one just to do as a group because you're you know sometimes work you're you're cooperative cooperatively working but also sometimes you're sabotaging because you're hitting a block that's flipping their block. Yeah. So it, it, it's a good good laugh. One of the other things there is to do in the land is collect coins. Like they have the question blocks and you you hit the bottom. There's like a little soft spot underneath the coin or the block and you hit it and it it boops. Yeah. You boop it and you get coins and it it's kind of random like just like in the game, right? Like however many coins you get and then it tells you like you can't get any more. But then it resets every couple seconds so you could go get more coins. Yeah. Um, I don't know what the coins were for. I, it's for the in-game, like, current. Like, the, it tells you, like, if you need so many coins for, you know, some kind of achievement. And I think that's um, in the app stuff. 
there's a lot of things, there's achievements to get on that. Stickers. Stickers. That's what it was. Yeah. Uh, you get stickers. And then I think your coins also count towards your big group. Oh, uh, okay. It's like at, at the end of the day type gotcha. of thing. So you're like helping the cause. I kind of thought it was like um, like on Batu when you get credits and they're just like, Here's some credits. I mean, I mean, it is and it isn't. I, again, this one, it, they have more use for it. Like everything connects a lot better than mm. than the Batu stuff did. Gotcha. Then we've done the mini games. It's time to go ride Mario Kart. And I think we picked the perfect time to go do it because it's still before the park is technically opened. It's still the early entry time. And the I think the estimated time was about 30 minutes. Yep. And it ended up being close to 25 minutes, I think, you know, 30 minutes yep. to get on as a group, you know, as the three of us did, because they also have the single riders line. Right. But one thing to note about the single rider line is it does not open until official park opening because it wasn't open when we got in line. But the the queue for Mario Kart, I think it was one of the best queues I've ever seen. Like the rooms are really small. So you feel like you're moving a lot more because yeah. you're not sitting in the same room and everything's really interesting in there. Yeah, again, this is where it goes back to that, that vividness of, you know, that, that vibrant color. Like it feels like a video game and it feels like the different aspects of Mario. Like there's so many Easter eggs. Like when you're just walking through, seeing trophies, seeing the medals, seeing the costumes, uh, you know, the, the ghosts, like all these different things. It, it feels like a video game. Yeah. It, uh, it definitely feels like that. Some of the things, like when we went, it was already the big cage on the Mario, uh, Paper Mario World had already been there. Yeah. Uh, and one of the other things, uh, my helmet uh, for the Mario, it was already damaged. So yeah. I wonder all this, you know, very bright, colorful cartoon uh, video game feel, how long is that going to last? Because that's a very hard thing to upkeep. If, you know, having dull and dingy and, and, you know, scummy like Galaxy's Edge, it's pretty easy. Like it's yeah. going to weather by itself. Yeah. It's going to get better with age. Yeah. Whereas something like Nintendo World, when these vivid colors start fading, you know, that sun beating down on it, or you're seeing just, the cube, you know, trophies and stuff, because you're really close to all this stuff. It just gets worn out because people are touching it and it just looks like a you know, piece of bronze where it's, you know, golden. Like how long is it going to last? Yeah. I, I think that's the thing that I would fear most of it. Okay. So then we actually get through the queue. We ride the ride. And one of the things that I think it's very, very hard, very easy to forget is they tell you to tap your power band <laughs> to the this little like tap point in the vehicle but if you don't tap it then it doesn't register that you wrote it which is silly because it's like just just register me yeah this is where i i got a little frustrated because afterwards i didn't know if i had tapped it or not because they remind you make sure you tap it make sure you tap it well where you're getting on you're kind of laughing at the whole situation because you're putting these goggles <laughs> on you're laughing at your friends and you're 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 having a good time i may have forgotten i don't know i mean i'm i'm playing with the handle you know the the steering wheel but 
you, if you don't, your controller's not plugged in. Yeah. It's like my controller's not plugged in because <laughs> afterwards I'm not getting any data from like, here's after the ride. Like, yeah. this is what you got. So I'm like, did I get it? Did I not get it? Did I waste my time writing it and nothing counted? So there was a bit of frustration. Like I wish that part was better. Uh, it counted better or like it, it was just able to tell you like, Hey, or I could add myself to this, yeah. this game. The other, I mean, I wish they would just do it like a, like a Disney ride where you're wearing the band. So they know that you're in that pro like in that area, you're going through this ride and, and just I, count it. Yeah. And I think that's what ended up happening because again, at the beginning I wasn't getting any information, but it was like later on when we were playing the game, I was, I, it got my achievement. It got um, everything for me. So it counted as I rode the ride. Um, Again, it was just one of those, like, it was weird. Let's talk about the ride itself, though, because there was some feedback, like, before the, the land opened that the ride, is, the vehicle itself moves really slow through the land. But you've got this visor that you clip on, and it's augmented reality. And it looks so good. And I don't, I don't even know what they really did, but you don't feel like you're moving slow. I, I think they were able to figure out a way where there's always something moving. Yeah. And you're always looking for something for the next like achievement, next little, you know, bad guy to shoot at or whatever. And I think that's what they did. So like you're moving at a normal pace, at, I mean, even a slow pace. Yeah. But because there's so many activities going on, like you, you feel like you're being rushed. Like you're like, oh man, like slow, I, I want to get more points type of thing. Yeah. Um, and I think the cool part of it was there was, AR stuff, but then there was real practical, practical stuff. Th yeah. stuff. And I think that was the cool part because they would sh basically shut off the, the screens when you're supposed to be looking at the practical stuff. Right. They did a really, really good job with it. And there was, it was just, it was so well done and it doesn't make you feel motion sick nope. at I all. Know. Like, I think that was one of the best theme park rides yeah. I've ever done. And, and the big worry that I had because I wear glasses is, even with VR, I, I could get it to a point where I feel good, but only for a certain amount of time. And so that was a worry, like doing these AR goggles, is it going to give me that little shift where I can't see what, you know, what's going on? Do I have to get it right? Uh, and no, I, I mean, I was able to write it and it didn't have, I didn't have any issues. So uh, I was happy with that. Yeah. I would prefer them do that than like those 40 like screen rides. Yeah. I really, I liked this yeah, like, yeah, a I, whole I, lot. I definitely feel like this thing that it was, even though it was on your head, it was on your head, not on your eyes where it felt like it was weighing you down any. Yeah. Uh, you just look ridiculous <laughs> when you wear it. <laughs> we did the Mario Kart ride the first time and then we had collected enough keys at that point to go do the Bowser Jr. game. Yeah. And I think this is like the main goal, the end goal of Super Nintendo World. Because right. they cut or they don't let people that don't have the three keys into the that game. Yeah. Which is very interesting. Like you got to earn your way into <laughs> that game. Yeah. So you go in and you have to, you like literally have to tap your power up band to even enter the, the line. And when you do that, Dano was saying, and I didn't hear it, but you can hear your keys Getting disappearing. Taken. Yeah. Um, so they take your three keys off of your account or your power up band and then you go and it's kind of like a, is it like a Wii game? 
Yeah. It's it, ridiculous, it, it though. It feels like just like a Wii game where you're uh, jumping up and shooting fireballs. So, so you, like, jump a little bit, and then your little, your like, shadow, like, flies up to the top. <laughs> and then there's times where you get really small, um, but you're having to, like, hit blocks and duck and do all this stuff. But it was really fun. You move a lot. I think that's the big thing with the whole the whole land in general like that crank you're moving with the alarm clock like it really it feels like a Wii right where you're like having to move your body more yeah uh, the Nintendo way yeah the Nintendo way and I think that was that was cool but then also the the learning the fact that there's replayability so it takes your keys so do you have to go back and play those mini games again to get more keys yeah I think that was really cool like that's a cool aspect of it where it's like it want it makes you want to keep going back just to do the games again, and the fact that they get more difficult, like the the difficulty intenses, that's cool. Yeah, no, that was a lot of fun. Um, it was just it was so silly, like it just like completely caught me off guard. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, after the game, I think that's pretty much it with the world, right? Except there's a lot of hidden Easter eggs in Super Nintendo World. And I think that's the part where for someone like me that's grown up playing Nintendo games, like just play, just playing games in general, yeah. you you love those Easter eggs and finding those is super exciting. Um, you know, seeing the Pikmin, I think that was like one of those, like, you know, I noticed it. I didn't, I hadn't noticed anybody mention it before. But it was cool because I was like, oh, look, there's a bunch of Pikmin everywhere. And they're, they're just, like then everywhere. You start, then you start looking for Pikmin everywhere. Yeah. Um, and then there's just like collecting the coins. There's these tap points where you tap your power up band and then like a fiber optics, maybe like eight big character shows up on the wall. And so there's a whole bunch of them throughout the yeah. land. Um, but literally, like if you didn't tap your your power up band, you would not know that there was. Yeah. And, and it's, yeah, it's not an obvious like click here type of thing. Yeah. Uh, I think afterwards is when, again, this is the, the replayability of it is then you go into the app because there was a lot of little stickers that you have to get where you have to be in the top 10 of the entire day or you have to be part of the, the you know, the the group in the lead type of thing. Yeah. I think there's a lot of those cool, cool things, cool games to play within this land and you 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 play at your intensity right and here was the thing that i really liked about the whole game aspect of interacting with the land is unlike we love that too we love galaxy's edge but unlike galaxy's edge where you have your data pad and you have to do missions and hack and slice and you have to be on your phone to know where the next thing is that you need like the next thing you need to do or the batu bounty hunt you have to I guess you don't have to. You can go tap and then try to go find it. With this, you're just interacting with the land. And if you never opened up your app, it would be okay. Yeah. You don't have to rely on that at all. And that was really nice because you could. So while you're sitting in line, you can be like, oh, look, I got more stickers. What was this one for? What was this one for? But you don't have to. Yeah. And I think that's that's a nice uh, change, change yeah. of pace type like, of thing. If I want to be on my phone recording and doing you know capturing things 
let that be my decision. Yeah. Don't like make me be on my phone. I, I really like that. And I didn't realize it in the moment, but like looking back, it was so nice to just like boop around the, the land yep. and that was it. Yeah. So at this time it's about nine 30 or so. No, it was about nine. And we end up meeting up with our friend, Peter from ordinary adventures. And we go ride the Mario Kart ride again. Yeah. But this time we did single rider. So there was four of us. We did single rider. And again, the wait was only like 25, 30 minutes. Which was, yeah. I, I, I'm i very hesitant. Depending on, I think, where you <laughs> go, you really have to look at single rider lines. At, at Disney, it tends to be pretty, like it moves through because they do mm. have like odd I will never, ever <laughs> try to ride Velocicoaster as a single rider. At Universal. At Universal. Uh, even this one, there was a point where we were waiting for quite some time and weren't getting attention. When you would see groups of two and there was like an empty. Yeah. And I, I think there's there's a little bit of I'm I have the power. And I'm not going to let you go because you need to wait. Yeah, it's totally up to the attendant that's like pulling people yeah. too, right? So we were all single riders. I think I think you and Dano got in on one and then, or maybe, I think you, maybe it was you and Peter and me and Dano, yeah. but we all got in like one ride after. Yeah. So it wasn't, we didn't have to wait too long for anybody. But for mine in particular, I think mine was like a, like a disability pass so they just told me to go and I was the only one for that cart for like a long time and I was like why am I waiting here by myself am I gonna be the only one in this cart and then a family of three came and sat with me um so yeah it was interesting how they did it but the for the park having been open for over an hour by the time we got in line it wasn't bad at all no so we go do that and then we leave the land all right so we did early entry super nintendo world it's it's bad that that's what it takes but it's fantastic i would definitely recommend that the other thing is we had the reservation for toads which is not until 11. 11 but you also with your early entry get a tram right yeah you get you get like front of the line access to the tram tour so, so we're going to go do that before our reservation. Right. So leaving the just, world, coming back. Just for some, some clarity. So we got in at 7 a.m. Park opened at 8. It's 9.30 right now. We're going to go do the tram and then come back by 11. And we did not feel rushed. No. It's busy there now. It's really yeah, busy. It's, it's getting busy. So we did the tram tour and that takes a long time. Like the, the actual ride itself is like 40 minutes or something. But because of the way that the park is situated and you have to go You have to go up, up and then down. Uh, you have to go up escalators and you have to go down escalators to get to the tram tour. And it's on opposite ends of the park. And then you have to go do the reverse to get back. So we left at 930 from Super Nintendo World, did the tram tour, and we got we were a little late for our Toadstool reservation at 11. We were probably like 10 minutes late. Yeah. So it takes some time. Yeah. So just plan for that and i think the other part of it is make sure you snag those reservations for toadstool because with the early entry i think it was around 7 30 is when we were able to uh 
get our reservation yeah. for 11. For 11, yeah. So it's, if you want to go earlier, like try to snag that as soon as possible because I think they as soon as they fill up, they, they fill up. Yeah, that's it. And you can only do a day of, there's a QR code outside of Toadstool Cafe so that you scan it and then you go grab your grab your reservation. Yeah. So Dano handled that for us like a champ. Uh, we had an 11 a.m. reservation, so we make it back into the land and then we get to go into to the cafe. It was so cute. Again, <laughs> theming is amazing. They have like a little mini game in there that like as soon as you get in, you do a little tap and then you go wait in the line to order your food. Yeah. I think one of the cool parts about the 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 restaurant is a lot of the stuff there was a lot of souvenirs right there's a lot of like things to get yeah uh i think there was what i got was the soup in the red mushroom and then i got the drink in the green mushroom so i had all my mushrooms i was <laughs> i was good to go uh but there was like the bowser plate there was just a lot of things yeah there's like a what is it called like the bowser challenge or something yeah and it's like a one pound meatball and that's literally all it is. There's no like noodles or anything with it. It was just a meatball. Um, but it had a souvenir plate that you could take home that was cool. Yeah. The kids plates, I think like you can buy the kids plate if you wanted to. And again, I think this kind of goes back to what I was saying where how long can they keep up with that? With that? Well, I think part of the problem was people were just taking the, the plates and stuff. And so- they out of necessity had to start selling them and be like, you can take and, and that's, it. That's what but we're going to recoup our cost on that. Well, that's what I'm saying. So it's like, but is there going to be a point where that's the holdup is you could get it, but you're not going to be able to get this plate. You're yeah. not going to be able to get this drink. Well, and the weird thing was, is like, so Dano got the, the Bowser challenge with the plate. And so he got a fresh plate to go, but you got this tomato basil soup that came in, the mushroom with the top and you take that but you just take that it was like a little tin that was in it but still like you there's, it got dirty well but i think that's the th again the the thing was like how do you know which one you're supposed to take which one you're supposed to leave type of thing yeah it was kind of weird um but it did so the the restaurant's really cute they have all of these screens around and there's like a little story that that happens like bullet bills like attack and you see them like go through like the windows into the kitchen and the lights get darker and like everything gets real moody and the sounds change. And then it probably is what every like 30 minutes that it does that. And then it just goes back to normal. Uh, but it felt very much like, like a dining experience, like the Avengers experience on the wish when we went. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I think it, there wasn't, any activities going on so there wasn't like characters walking around no. but there was definitely like this ambiance in the room where yeah. it was just like it would feel dark sometimes and then light sometimes and yeah it uh, felt alive in there like yeah. it felt lively you weren't yeah. just it took forever it, for our food yeah. to come out yeah it wasn't a cafeteria but yeah it did did take some time to i mean get the like food. probably 30 45 minutes we were sitting there like waiting for our food. it was significant but and especially because it's not restaurant food right i mean i it, mean there's like a dozen things on the it, menu. it feels like, like a quick a service lot. yeah it's not like it's uh you're not going to uh hoop de doo type of thing right i don't know but yeah i mean like there's 12 things on the menu just like make a bunch of them and like bust them out right <laughs> but 
but because there was so much theming and everything going on, like it wasn't a terrible wait, yeah. but it could take a really long time to get your food. So just keep that in hang mind. Out. <laughs> just hang out. Just keep waiting. <laughs> so yeah, that was it. So we ended up leaving Universal Studios completely by 1 p.m. And the only thing that we really didn't do in Super Nintendo World was meet Princess Peach. Yeah. And we didn't shop. Like, we didn't buy anything. No, I, I, it doesn't feed you into the gift shop. It does. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. After yeah, the ride. After the ride, it does. But we just kind of, like, breezed through. Yeah. So. But, yeah, it, we didn't... I don't think we missed out on that. And then Princess Peach, like, it'd be cool to meet her, but... I, I think the, the on that one, the time that we could have met her, it, the fact that the line was already capped off before we could get in line yeah. or before she was even out. I think that was kind of telling of like, all right, well, you're going to, if you're, you wanted to do it, you have to make sure you you prioritize that. And like you st stay the day there to try to get yeah. in line. It's an investment to go meet her. So that's something to keep in mind. But I mean, honestly, for us getting into Super Nintendo World before 7 a.m. with that early entry, and then we left by one and that included probably like, it was probably an hour and a half for lunch and then an hour and a half for that tram tour. So half of our time was doing those two things. We were able to do it all. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, I would definitely, if you're going to the parks or to Universal to go to Super Nintendo World, I would highly recommend getting that uh, early. Early entry. Early entry. Yeah. It was a hundred percent worth it in my opinion. I don't think I will go back to, Super Nintendo World or go back to Universal Studios Hollywood without buying it. Yeah, I agree. The crowds by the time the park opens and it gets like when we came back for Toadstools, you could hardly walk in there. There were yeah. so many people. It and, was and, overwhelming. And that was that was another thing that we kind of we didn't hit because we had the reservation. But sometimes they'll cap that Nintendo Land off. Yeah, and they won't let people in there. Yeah. So when we were leaving, I think th they were like pacing people to go in mm -hmm. uh but if you have a reservation you're right they let you right in yeah uh but but yeah that's something to also think about is like if it's at capacity they won't let more people into that world yeah so with early entry you're guaranteed to get in there first thing in the morning and then you just stay until you're done with it right yeah um so yeah definitely recommend the early entry and you can get it all done yeah it's wonderful so, so. that's kind of our our weird little hybrid vlog of our visit to Super Nintendo yeah. World. Let us know if you you dig it, you know, you like it, see how we, <laughs> maybe we could get better at the vlogging. Uh, for the listeners, hopefully it was not too, it flowed for you. Hopefully uh, so. Let us know. Let yeah. us know in the comments. But yeah, like we said in the middle of the video, if there are Easter eggs or things that we didn't do or talk about in this video in Super Nintendo World, let us know. We are going back in a few months, and so we want to do it all. So if you have recommendations, please drop them in the comments. Until next time. <laughs>